0: welcome back to They Made Another One, where each week we study an often forgotten installment in a franchise and see how it holds up all on its own. I'm one of your hosts, Corey. And I'm your other host, Liam. And this week we thought it would be a fantastic time to ring in the winter season. You know, it's not quite technically winter yet for all of you guys who are real sticklers for how the Gregorian calendar picks when seasons start. But you know, it's December, it's been snowing where we are, it's chilly, You can see your breath in the air. If that ain't winter, I don't know what is, baby. And we thought, you know, what better movie... What's a better winter movie than The Thing? And lucky for us, there's a couple different things to choose from. And we are watching The Thing from 2011, which is directed by Matthijs van Heininger, which I, I have a pronunciation key in front of me. I still may have really botched that. So for our Dutch audience, Sorry. It's written by Eric Heiserer based on the story Who Goes There by John W. Campbell and is a prequel to the 1982 John Carpenter film of the same name, which is based on the same story. And um, The Thing 2011 stars Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Joel Edgerton, Eric Christian Olsen, Ulrich Thompson, Adewale Akinoye Agbaje, Jorgen Langhella. And Christoph Hivia, who may be better known as Tormund from Game of Thrones. And I'm mostly shouting him out because who doesn't like Tormund from Game of Thrones? And, uh, you know, in classic, they made another one fashion. I guess it's the whole concept of the show that we do. this is filling in the shoes of a very prominent staple horror movie from a prominent staple director in a lot of people's eyes. The aforementioned John Carpenter. For anybody who doesn't know, it is a 1982 film which stars Kurt Russell, Keith David, Wilford Brimley, T.K. Carter, Donald Moffat, and a few other folks. And uh, Liam, I just wanted to kind of get what your familiarity is with um, the John Carpenter film and anything you might have known about this one going in. Well, I've
1: seen the John Carpenter original um, a long time ago. Uh, I don't remember much about the circumstances. I think I was in my high school bedroom, and I watched it on my laptop on a really dark night. It was probably one or two in the morning. The laptop was all close to my face. I uh, had some headphones on. I thought it was awesome. Uh, I like winter. I like winter movies. I like movies that all take place in one setting. I like movies that have a ensemble cast, and I like scary stuff. And so I thought the movie was really great, and I haven't checked it out again since. Um, I think part of the reason is because I don't want to watch it when there isn't snow on the ground. And then when there is snow on the ground, you know, I end up watching so much other stuff or not enough stuff. And I just, I don't get to it. So hopefully this year I will check it out again because I think it's a really great movie. And I know um, a lot of people think it's a really great movie. You know, a lot of people say this is the best horror movie out there. Um, you know, I've heard that quite a few times. It's, it's the number one best. Uh, and I, th- I think that's a... Uh, that's really cool. And so I would, I would love to check it out again. Uh, but I've just seen it the once. So I know that I like it, but I didn't have a lot to compare this movie to besides the central premise and knowing that I liked the first one. And what I knew about this movie going in was that I had seen it before. I, I saw oh. this one in theaters when it oh. came out. Um, okay. In 2011, I saw it with uh, a group of friends, some really close friends who I uh, still live with nowadays. And so, you know, I, t- I told him that I'd seen this one again and we had a nice little walk down memory lane about what he remembers and what I don't remember because I really didn't remember much about this movie. I knew Mary Elizabeth Winstead was in it and I knew the dude from Not Another Teen movie
0: was in it. He plays Adam in this movie. and Oh, I, I, okay. I, I, I need to stop you real quick. That yeah. reference is impenetrable to me and will possibly be to most people so what is that what is not another teen movie
1: oh it's a it's a comedy from 2001 i think it's it's one of those spoof movies sort of a la scary movie um but worse where it just (laughs) it just pair no it's it's actually probably the best Oh, so this isn't this isn't
0: like epic movie or like whatever no no the no fuck? and this
1: is, and this is far before uh those movies started oh, happening okay. right sure you know, um this came out like right after scary movie but it doesn't feel like a knockoff it's it's one of those cases where it just feels like two people got sort of the same idea at the same time yeah um it's like it, white it's house
0: very- down and olympus has fallen clearly two yeah, people yeah, yeah. with the same and idea parodies- at the same time. <laughs>
1: It parodies teen movies, so the, the central uh, conceit is it's a uh, She's the Man. No, sorry, She's All That. It's a She's All That parody. But then there's a bunch of other stuff in there, Breakfast Club and American Beauty. And um, it's a really great, really great film. It's super, super funny. Um, honestly, one of the funniest movies uh, I've ever seen. I really love it. And the leading man in it is um, Captain America. The dude who went on to be Captain America. Oh, nice. Chris Evans. He's, a, he's the main guy. Yeah. And he's really funny. And uh it's just a blast of a movie. And Adam uh, from this movie is in it. He's super funny in that. And That's so I Eric can recall Christian
0: Olsen for the people tallying at That's home. Him.
1: Yeah. And so I can recall seeing this movie in twenty eleven. And I spent most of the film trying to figure out where I recognized Adam <laughs> from. And I don't remember if I figured it out in the theater or if I talked to some friends afterward and we got it. But um, that's really all I took away from this movie uh, eight years later is that those two actors were in this movie. And other that. Other than that, I didn't remember a whole lot. I didn't remember uh, particularly liking it, but I didn't remember disliking it. You know, it's just one of those movies that uh, I saw in the theater during my lifetime. Um, and... I was excited to check it out again now that I'm a bit more into movies and uh you know I can I can really I I don't watch them as passively anymore and um I can also watch a movie for the first time again you know it's that's exciting I don't get to do that a whole lot even with movies that I've seen prior to 2011 only one time other movies stick with me more than this one and this one really kind of just uh Slipped through the cracks of my brain, and so i was I was excited to check it out again.
0: That's awesome, man. You know, I haven't really had that many opportunities either where it feels like I'm legitimately getting a second crack at something, but this seems like as good a movie as any to give that opportunity to because it has a bit of a reputation, but it's something that if you don't really. If you weren't there for, like, the critical reception of it in 2011, you wouldn't really have a whole lot to think about it one way or the other, so you can yeah, kind of I, do, I do
1: remember this. I remember, uh, this was back in the day where after I saw any movie, I would peruse the IMDb message boards for hours, and I can remember the, uh, the response to this one.
0: Oh, yeah? I, uh, this one, for me, just kind of, it basically, it didn't exist to me when it came out, because, like we've talked about a couple times now, I didn't watch horror movies for a really long time so like this coming out would have just like to 14 year old me just like wouldn't have mattered because i wouldn't have gone to see it so it's just kind of like in one ear out the other um but that said uh when i did finally realize that you know like horror and suspense was something that i liked and i was getting more into film like you're saying and kind of had directors that I liked and whatever. As we mentioned, well, like I had directors and like I just like, who I they got are. into film and you know all well, that.
1: Well, because like like
0: I, I watch the movies. I don't want to bore people because they've heard us talk about it before. But like over the years, I got a lot more into film than I was, and uh, I think I've mentioned John Carpenter several times on this show. I fucking love me some John Carpenter, and uh, this was one of the first John Carpenter movies I saw when I started getting into horror. It was one of the first big horror movies i remember checking off my list and i've actually written about this movie before because the first time i watched it was for a film class because i was in the film class no it was for an assignment i was programming a series of screenings that all had like the same thematic connection and um i chose to do one about paranoia in cinema and i had the thing and i had the coppola movie the conversation and I had something else, and I don't remember what the other movie was, but I, I watched The Thing finally because I was going to write about it, and uh, it blew my fucking mind. I love The Thing, like, deeply. It's a nearly perfect movie, and I also have a really big soft spot for a lot of what you mentioned before, which is um, namely movies that take place in one location and are very kind of self-contained which tend to lead themselves into a bit of having that ensemble aspect. You don't usually get one of those with only one or two actors. It just checks so many boxes for me, and it's so legitimately tense and atmospheric and paranoid even as a viewing experience and so beautifully shot and like the effects are so great. I could go on forever and I imagine people will hear me gush about the 1982 thing a lot this week. Yeah, so coming back to the 2011 version now, or not version, it's not a remake, but the 2011 film of the same name uh, is interesting for me because all I really knew about it was it was a prequel and it didn't get received incredibly well, but I also didn't understand it to be a film that was like totally reviled and hated. So I didn't really know what, to go in expectations-wise, which is probably for the best, because it lets you kind of just open up to the movie and see what you're going to get out of it. And that said, I think there's really only one other thing that's really worth mentioning before we dive in here. Um safe to assume that people listening to this have seen both movies, so. but it's worth mentioning that, despite being a prequel, the 2011 version of The Thing leans really hard into the legacy of the original. Both like aesthetically and in terms of like the sets and the plot structure and things like that, they're very very similar. But even down to like the poster, um, the poster for the 2011 version invokes the imagery of the uh, of the original poster. It's nowhere near as good, in my opinion. Oh
1: man, I think it's beautiful. I- I'd put it up there.
0: I think it's cool. I think I'm just. I freely admit that. Uh, I think I just like the other one too much. <laughs> you know. Because like, mm-hmm. the other one is so good and it's also got like some color which is nice, but the fact that the face is just like this like blindingly bright, unreadable beacon and everything sort of glistens like ice and snow and it's reflect- refracting all this light. It's super tight. Either, I mean, both movies got good posters. We can start there if we want. But, uh, <laughs> Liam, what did you think about uh, The Thing 2011? I thought this was
1: real pleasant. I, uh, <laughs> I had a real good time watching this one. I mean, it's snowy people in a in a close contained setting and they're just like talking and then there's monsters. And I love body snatcher movies too. I should mention that. I love the paranoia and suspicion of, of not knowing who's who and um, the idea of seeing someone you know, but there's like an unsettling feeling that something is off about them and they're not, who they should be like i i think that's a super scary concept and uh so that all works here you know it's from the original but i think it works here too and um i can see why this movie kind of passed me by in 2011 and i didn't think much one way about it because you know this time as well i wasn't blown away and i also wasn't bummed out but i think i appreciated it more this time just because, um, I like movies more now. And so just kind of any movie I'm bound to like it more than I did back in the day, I think. And also I had it in my head that this movie had been smack talked at the time. And, and even since for using CG, um, you know, because the, the original thing is a lot of practical effects, a lot of really great practical effects. And, um, there are interviews from the filmmakers of of this movie from before the film came out that it was their intention to use practical effects, and then um, I, don't know, I guess studios, the, the studios, like it's a, so the, a some sort of studio. I don't I don't know. Movies, man, some studio suggested, demanded, forced. I don't know that there be CG in this movie, and um, people were bummed out about it. They thought it detracted from uh, what any installment of the thing should be I suppose like if it's not if it's going to be CG why make it because it's just like any other monster movie so I, th- I thought about that going in and I was I was on the lookout for that and I was kind of anticipating being bummed. But I was actually really surprised that the CG didn't, didn't take away from this movie a whole lot. There were a couple instances where it looks pretty poor and it looks comical. But I think the work that went into this movie originally and how it was planned to be practical, I think a lot of that comes through. I think the creature design here is so strong that even though um there's CG on top of it and and my eye can often tell that it's not really there and it's generated by a computer and that's not quite as charming as um visual effects are in the original movie I still think that the creatures are so strong here and so distinct that I actually I think 8 years from now, you know, I'm going to remember this watch more than I did back then because now I'm coming at it from a perspective of seeing CG monsters in things like A Quiet Place and Stranger Things and Super 8 and Cloverfield where a lot of these monsters and these aliens look very similar to me. They're just black and uh they got teeth and kind of like a couple extra limbs but they all kind of blend together in my head whereas the the demogorgon
0: is very much the 2011 thing but make it black and fashionable
1: yeah 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 yeah. and so i guess i think that's kind of got on my nerves in these last few years so it was really nice to see this movie um where there's creatures that are really memorable and really cool and um and unsettling and so i could look past uh the cg problems here just because the character design is so strong uh, the creature design rather and the premise is so strong you know it, it it leans on that original thing movie um so strongly that i don't i don't think there's much chance to go wrong and i also think that this movie was kind of uh, ahead of the curve because now we're getting stuff like you know the new Halloween movie um, and I think we're going to get more of it where it's uh, installment in a franchise that is within the canon but is also relying on people's memory of the original and nods to the original in order to uh, get reaction and I think this movie does that as well and I think it does it in a really tasteful way I like the way this ties into the original from what I can remember and so I just I thought this was really pleasant and um, I, w- I would definitely watch it again you know um, just as I'm eager to watch the original movie again during winter I would I would throw this on you know, during a during a blizzard of a day, and and have some friends over, and just kind of have fun with it. I thought I thought it was real cool. <clears throat> um, oh no, that sounded like a I don't like the you know, the way you cleared your throat there.
0: <laughs> well, the throat clear was just so I can sound great and golden on these on these here mics. But uh, I'm glad that you liked it, and that's the comment that should make you worried. <laughs> no, but um, I don't know why this movie exists i didn't really when all i knew about it was that it's a prequel uh because i didn't i didn't see the point in doing that and um now that i've watched it i still don't and um i agree with a lot of what you've just said mostly about the monster stuff um i expected that to look a lot worse than it does it has its moments where it's pretty jank but like there are some. I'm thinking in particular when like the thing like fuses faces with Adam's face, and it's like that looks pretty good, honestly. Considering it's CG, that's like almost ten years old. That's pretty impressive. This might just be my love for the 1982 film being an obstacle I can't get around. But this movie and and,
1: and, and you saw it the the 1982 film like fairly recently, right? Like it's still. Kind of locked in I, your memory I a
0: year or two ago? I, yeah, I didn't re-watch it for this. Um, I did click through it, actually, Um, just to refresh my memory, because it's streaming, but I didn't have time to watch it. But um, I watched this movie for the first time like two and a half years ago. Right. And really loved it. So it definitely stuck in my mind really strongly. And it's so... So I think there's a fine line between calling back to the original to get a reaction out of your audience and uh, relying on it to have anything in your movie so much of this movie feels derivative of the john carpenter film but executed less effectively that it gets really repetitive really quickly and i think my other biggest complaint would be that there's far too much I'm going to describe it as action sequences. And I guess mostly what I mean by that is there's a lot of moments where the the driving force isn't the interpersonal dynamic and the paranoia and, like, people talking through what they ought to do. And there's a lot more flame throwing things and shooting things and, like, yelling and, like, running around that I just think is less interesting than the interpersonal stuff. And I think the ending or the climax, anyway, borderline jumps the shark, honestly. When they go into an alien ship, it's a bit much for me, especially when the rest of the movie is so reliant on the original, and the original is such a slow, quiet, methodical kind of thing that now that we're like throwing grenades at aliens inside of a spaceship, I'm kind of, you've lost me a little bit. Yeah, it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I don't think it's, like, terrible or anything. I don't know if it necessarily deserves the reputation that it has. I wouldn't watch it again. If I want to get this experience, I'm just going to watch The Thing. That doesn't help. When I, If I want this experience, I'll just watch The Thing from 1982. Um, I feel like I don't know why we got this, mostly. And that's something that I'm still trying to figure out. Um. Well... I think we got this
1: because it's uh, because it's not a remake, and because it it didn't feel. It may um, as well be, though. I don't. I don't think so. I think that, like you said, there's a lot more talking in the original one, whereas this one is more. Uh, it's more of a. It's kind of like Tron Legacy in the way it's like a it's like a typical action movie and like horror movie where. You know, one example is where the dude goes in to look at the alien, the thing, in the ice block. And then a dude comes up behind him and is like, boo. Ugh. And then he just goes, he just goes, hey, hey, hey. And then so, he walks yeah. away.
0: Um. And then
1: a couple seconds later, the alien jumps out. And then we also, there's a whole lot of scenes in this movie where it's um, it's kind of just like screenwriting 101 yep. where... Um, like 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 uh like that trope of like uh you know it's quiet in here too quiet or um the sort of thing like um what are we what are we going to do uh what's plan B and then they go that was plan B you know like that that stuff isn't exactly in here but there's She's, a lot of Kate that Lloyd, sort of vibe
0: played by Mary Elizabeth Winstead literally gets recruited like mission impossible style at the beginning of this movie where it's it's like a spy movie where like this mysterious dude shows up and's like, I need somebody with a particular set of skills. And she's like, Oh how much time do I have to decide? And he's like, right now, and she's like, Okay, I'll do it. And then we're like in a <laughs> helicopter, and it's like, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know? yeah, see, you can't get that in John Carpenter's movie that's Good. Why this exists. Man. I want fucking Kurt Russell pouring whiskey into a chess machine. <laughs> um and I mean, you know I guess for anybody who doesn't know what these movies are about, um, in this case, Kate Lloyd is a paleontologist at Columbia and uh, a bunch of Norwegian guys have found uh, something mysterious in Antarctic ice. And she's taken up with some other Americans to figure out what's going on there. And the thing that's frozen in the ice is an alien creature who is able to devour and then replicate cells. So, theoretically if it eats a person it can replicate that person and now you don't know if it's that person or the alien and they have to try to figure out who's who while they're trapped during a storm on a secluded antarctic base and try to stay alive and not succumb to the alien which is functionally the same plot as the john carpenter movie except uh instead of starting in the states uh The thing just runs over from the other base and comes to the American base and then the same thing happens (laughs) More or less Um, So I want to give you an opportunity To break down anything that stuck out for you in terms of things that you really liked if there's anything else that you haven't gotten to whether it be Set pieces things about the production things about specific characters or performances, whatever Whatever's tickling your fancy. Sure. Well, I thought um all the
1: performances were really solid and I guess the movie just was uh was skilled in casting people that I took a liking to. It's one of those things that I can't really pin down, but seeing all these people together, I uh I didn't think they were boring you know i, I liked like seeing them talking not another teen movie dude ramona uh joel edgerton i liked all those people um i liked seeing them hang out and then i liked seeing them turn into wicked creatures love I that thought. that
0: implies that you didn't you don't know enough joel edgerton characters to make a reference <laughs>
1: No, I only know <laughs> the movie he directed where like he plays like some beady eyed fuck and uh that might be it. I don't oh, know what and, that and movie where is. he's he's Lucas Hedges' he's Lucas Hedges uh Hedges'
0: dad Hed, hedgeye dad? No, he's uh his pastor
1: who tries to get the right, game out of him. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That I'm, one's cool I've too. seen him in other movies that aren't that one, but anyway. Um this yeah, is yeah, not I'd a like Joel Egerton people. cast. <laughs> not yet. I liked all
1: those people. Um I liked the monsters. I liked seeing them like run away from these monsters. I'm not big on like guns and action and and stuff blowing up, but I think because the creatures were so cool, um I was okay with it here, you know, if if they all looked like cloverfield monster actually cloverfield monster kind of terrifies me if they all looked like <laughs> quiet place or like stranger things monster i don't even I remember be, what the
0: quiet place monster looks like and you keep referencing that, exactly, it and I can't picture exactly exactly
1: dude exactly like honestly me either not not that well it's just like a big black void <laughs> in that basement but um i i liked seeing these monsters do stuff um i liked the fillings test I I, I, th- I thought it was kind of, I thought it was funny how they bring up the blood test and they're like, oh Ugh. wait, no, we can't do that, so let's do the
0: fillings test. Oh my test. god, I, I was, was... I thought that was hilarious. I was so mad at the movie when, you know, maybe I ought to know better to know that they're not going to do the exact same thing, but the movie had felt so repetitive for me up to that point that I was convinced they were just going to do the same test. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? They don't, they do something like functionally the same but it's at least different and uh if i remember correctly uh the fact that it can't replicate inorganic material is something that is referenced in the john carpenter movie so they're still pulling from that but it's at least a bit different yeah yeah i thought that was
1: really cool i i liked that um mary elizabeth winstead was like one of the two girls in this sort of boys club i thought that lent itself to some interesting conversations where they're not giving her enough credit um, and she's trying to explain her case. But then it also leads to like a lot of cliche stuff where like she's talking to like really well-educated scientists and they're just taking the piss out of her, you know, even though she has all these qualifications. Um, I guess this, this really just struck me in a mood where uh, I found a lot of that stuff uh, like gloriously cheesy and charming. And I wasn't looking to this to be the thing Again, I was I was kind of just looking to it to be fun in the setting because I think the biggest reason I liked this movie is I like the premise of the original film so much. These people uh, isolated in, you know, Antarctica and there's a creature that can impersonate them and then appear as this wicked beast and, and they have to figure out who it is and they have to kill it. I think that's so strong that that might as well be like, michael myers you know how they've made halloween and they're leaning on the original movie and they've also made a bunch of halloween movies that come in all sorts of flavors and and sizes i think that's really cool i think that michael myers is someone created also created by john carpenter funny enough what a genius um we stan a monster movie king (laughs) i think michael myers is like (laughs) so iconic and just such a great piece of like Americana that stories about him should just be told until the end of time. And I just, I want to see them. And if they don't work for me, that's cool. But I just, I like that they exist. And so I like that this movie exists because I think the premise um, is so, so strong that I just want to see more stories in this world. I, I see the original movie. And by that, I mean the John Carpenter movie. I see the original movie and I think, Oh yeah, dude, maybe this alien thing, uh, got other people. The dog had to come from somewhere. Where did it get it? And the dog is coming from there? inside the house. Yeah, and so <laughs> I, I think this is this is just like it kind of lights up my imagination the same way um, the original film did. It's sort of that Ten Cloverfield Lane thing where it's just aliens are cool, and so I, I want to see how they interact uh, in other stories in the world and. Uh, much like took 10 cloverfield lane i like want to see mary elizabeth winstead throw a grenade into an alien's mouth and (sighs) defeat it that way and then sit in her car and ponder you know um is she in 10 cloverfield lane yes and she does exactly that at the end of the movie. oh
0: really well now i know how that movie ends (laughs) i haven't seen that yet because i'm a bad person um i get what you're saying completely i think we're just kind of coming at this one from two different angles I don't want the thing to feel like Michael Myers at all Um, because that's not what the thing is about. Like it's not about the fact that there's a monster there. It's about how people in an isolated setting deteriorate in certain circumstances and how like paranoia and tension ping off of people. And that's what's really kind of causing their greatest problems is that they can't get their shit together and trust one another to try to come at this head-on and it feels like because this movie seems as though it is more about the fact that the thing exists and is cool there's a lot more of it doing like devouring like you see it within the first i want to say 15 minutes completely devouring a guy and it's like okay The movie's already kind of working uphill for me because you know how it ends, so it's hard to build a lot of meaningful tension for me because, one, you're trying to establish another group of equally likable and compelling characters, and you're trying to give us a sense of tension and uncertainty and develop that paranoia despite the fact that the audience functionally knows where this is going, which is that it's going into the next movie, and we know that nobody got out of the other base except for the dog, um, aside from Lars, so we have no reason to believe that this is going to turn out well for very many people in this base, so it's hard to be like, oh, is this person going to make it? Because it's like, no, probably not. Um, I think that, aside from that, there is just kind of too much of monster stuff and not enough. I can think of two sequences that really lean into what I like about the original movie and what I would have liked to see more of. One of them is definitely the fillings test for sure, because it's something that relies more on attempts at problem solving and distrust of others than the threat of the monster to be compelling because, um, the people who are being singled out obviously don't think they're the thing and also recognize that the the test has holes in it because it's like well if you don't have fillings or like inorganic material in your body that's visible then you have no way of knowing like sander who is the doctor that recruited her to come has porcelain fillings, so it's like well you can't see them and um they also think that kate is making a bit of a power grab because uh edvard is like well she's in charge now and um i really like that because it It's pitting people against each other and not people against the thing. Uh, The other bit that I like is after they had sequestered Carter and um, the other pilot and they come back. uh, It's when Joel Egerton's character tries to sort of take charge on his own and um, they start sort of committing violence and they end up killing one of the Norwegian guys and they're just like, look, you don't trust us. Well, we don't fucking trust you guys either because... It was with us, but it was also with you, so I was a lot more compelled by that, but I feel like there wasn't as much of that. There's also so many more people in this movie that it was difficult for me to get attached because a lot of the characters end up being sort of tertiary to the actual thing, whereas I can't think of a character in the original that, A, you don't get an immediate feel for, and B, that isn't in some capacity important. It feels like this movie leans a lot on Mary Elizabeth Winstead's character taking charge and being like capital P protagonist. And on the one hand, I totally don't have a problem with that. Um, I like her character a lot. I like that. We realize that she's able to be a lot more um, sort of take charge and self-assured and confident and doesn't like take their shit. The Wikipedia page says that she's supposed to have similar traits to Ripley from Alien. And I, I can buy that for sure. But that's at the cost for me of how much of the original feels collaborative, where different characters are allowed to have different ideas. And it's not just like the Kurt Russell power hour. And it's not all McCready. Um, He's sort of an anchor point, maybe, but like, you know, you still get bits from. Childs and you still get bits um, Wilfred Brimley's character whose name I forget And you still get bits from Moffat And you know like these things kind of come around I think it was just hard for me Because Aesthetically and structurally This movie is so reliant On the original That the things that it does decide To change I feel like it's changing For the worse And it's taking that concept That's really really good but sort of not being able to see the forest from the trees and focusing in on the fact that the monster's cool and not the thing that I think works the best, which is the interpersonal stuff.
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, I think the interpersonal stuff was my favorite, uh, part of, of this movie, uh, the fillings test in particular, but I was also, um, I was also able to have fun with the other stuff and I'm glad I did because, uh, not liking movies isn't all that fun. And it happens. No, it's, it's a happen- bummer, dude. It happens quite a bit on this, this podcast, unfortunately. And so
0: I'm really nice glad this- you enjoyed this. Like I really am for that reason. Cause you know, like I watched this and I was just sort of like mildly deflated. And I was no. like, oh, I gotta go talk about this later now. Cause I, I have a dumb internet radio show.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um I think maybe this is kind of like, uh, this is like the Cloverfield field to 10 Cloverfield Lane you know even though I, I just said that Mary Elizabeth Winstead throws a grenade into the mouth of an alien like a final boss um, in both movies what you said about how you're more interested in the inner personality of the characters and that the thing John Carpenter isn't actually that concerned with the thing and, yeah. and being a monster Don't movie. Get me until- wrong. it
0: has its moments like an apparently dead thing cuts a guy's arms off. Like I get that it's there. It's just when I think about it, it's not the first thing I'm thinking about at all. Yeah. And that's the same thing with 10
1: Cloverfield lane where there's a, there's the threat of something above ground. And then you eventually get to that point. But most of the movie is just characters talking in an enclosed space. And, there's tension about who's good and who's bad and what everyone's what everyone's intentions are, um, and that's that's really notable. Um, but then the Cloverfield movie that came out before it is just like about monsters attacking New York City and people are mm. running around and they scratch very different itches. But I'm glad yeah, we totally. have both, and uh, that's sort of what I'm feeling with this one, you know, to a bit of a lesser extent, I don't, I don't, feel as strongly about this movie as I do about either of those films. But, um, uh, that's, that's kind of how I was able to appreciate it. I certainly appreciate it. I certainly would have been more upset if this movie had really tried to do what the thing did again and just, uh, did it
0: worse. Probably did it worse. Well, yeah, you know, that's you a know. really good point. That's something I should probably interrogate a little bit, honestly. Um, is that I'm saying I wish there was more of what I like in the first movie, but if I got that, would I actually want it, right? Like, if this movie were just that, would I be happy? The answer is probably no, and I'd probably be complaining even more that it relies too heavily on the original movie, and that's difficult because that comes down to a matter of execution, and I think that that's where this movie kind of it's not poorly executed. I just found it very dull and I found it very dull aesthetically and I found it very dull um, structurally because it felt really familiar. So I don't know if I would actually want something that's more like the John Carpenter film because then I would probably be like, man, this movie really had none of its own ideas. I think it's important for us to kind of point out that I just don't like what new ideas this is trying to bring to the table. I also don't think there's enough of them, but before I get into the aesthetic stuff, I want to talk about how the climax of this movie basically just, it. I'm going to preface this with, it reminded me of a movie I haven't seen in a really long time. So if this comparison is way off base, sorry. And maybe you'll know, I don't know. Uh, the climax of this movie reminded me of Prometheus. Oh yeah. A lot. Like really, really, really a lot something about the alien ship design is definitely part of that. There's some Giger-y stuff going on for sure uh, with like weird organic like nets and she's like crawling through this thing. But there's also a lot of like metallic and round edges and whatever. But there's also a sense of scale to it. And there's also a sense of... Um, sort of entering a place where you don't really understand what it is you're dealing with and then having an encounter with like a creature that you're unprepared for but I don't know why that's here and that's something that just like the whole climax like I didn't think that we would get to the end of a movie called The Thing and have our two heroes one of whom is wearing a flamethrower running across a taking off alien ship and then like falling inside she is forced to have this like encounter with the with the thing where she um attempts to kill it and um i just don't know why we need to see that it just feels like it feels out of a different movie i think the fact that there is this giant cg alien vessel and a big screaming wild grenade throwing climax sort of speaks to everything that i don't like about how they mobilize the thing in this movie because we get a lot of things of it like hunting and like looking around and i feel like the more you see it the less effective it becomes at scaring you for me um it just sort of becomes like any other thing in a movie um and kind of loses its luster because you're looking at it so much and in such plain view Um, it's no longer
1: the thing no it's it's a a thing thing.
0: yeah exactly um it's
1: a friggin thing yeah what did you think about that climax i remember being taken aback by it as it was happening i thought hey this is uh a lot less claustrophobic than the rest of the movie this is like part of it too this is like a big climax they're in a big open space and they're and the part where they're like running along the spaceship and it's dropping out beneath them you know yeah that feels um, like the end of Prometheus, where she's running from that big tower that's falling. Yeah, and let's keep in mind this movie came out before Prometheus. Did it? Uh, Rid- Ridley Scott ripping off the Thing, twenty eleven? Question mark.
0: Yeah, it did. What year did Prometheus come out? twenty twelve. In my movie, that that movie came out in my in my mind. That movie came out in like two thousand nine. Nah,
1: man. Ridley Scott is a hack. He was inspired by the remake prequel of the Thing, twenty eleven. He saw dollar signs. I'd yeah. love to know what so Alien that,
0: Covenant's ripping off. Yeah.
1: So does does that uh, give this movie any credit now, now that you know this came out before Prometheus? Or are you? Does that change your perspective at all? No. No. Not even a little bit. Do you bit. like
0: Prometheus? Um, I saw it in theaters, and I've only seen it once, which is why I was surprised it reminded me of it so strongly, because I don't know why I remember anything about Prometheus. But um, I don't... I don't remember having a strong opinion on it. I saw Prometheus before I saw any alien movies, so like I didn't know what the fuck was going on. Oh man, you they made another one yourself. Yeah, dude, I, I didn't watch horror, right? So like that was weird for me because I didn't know what the fuck was happening. <laughs> Did you know that it was related to yes, alien movies? And I knew and I knew generally what those movies were about. I just hadn't seen them. So like So what brought you out to it? Uh we all went to go see it. Like my family went to go see it. Well, it's cute yeah it's it's all right it's a good time, but like yeah, so that was just why that was weird. I don't know why that that's um a reference point that's sticking in my brain maybe that means we should do Prometheus on this show <laughs> that that's a good candidate, give me a chance man. to talk about it
1: yeah i will uh I'll stifle my thoughts until then, but I've also seen that movie, yeah, so this climax i was I was taken aback that we were now in a big open space, and now this movie that had already been differentiating itself from the original thing while also walking the line of the original thing and and uh, dipping into that exact narrative very occasionally this is, this is when it breaks off
0: and is something different and there's two sets thinking, of footprints in the snow and then sometimes yeah. there's only one set of footprints and that's when the first movie carried this movie <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> And then th- those paths eventually diverge, and that's when one of them runs across an alien spaceship,
1: <laughs> oh man, yeah, I think uh, I know we don't debate on this show, but I think you might have won if do
0: that. <laughs> thanks, man. um,
1: yeah, I was thinking that this isn't this isn't claustrophobic anymore, and this is this is kind of a bummer, but then. I thought about it for a single second longer and I was like, oh hey, I wasn't actually feeling that claustrophobic before we got to the scene. Not really. Like I was just I was just appreciating cool monsters and stuff. And so um I got over it pretty quickly and um and then we get right after that to uh the the Lars face dude, right? Where he's versing Kate and he the Lars's face is on this big beast and it looks like it's not absolutely ours. it's Sander. Lars is Sanders. alive still. He's the yeah, guy yeah, yeah. who's, like, shooting out of the helicopter. Right, right, right. So we get Sanders' face. And that looks, like, absolutely ass. comical <laughs> and ass and no good. And so I was thinking uh, this movie had kind of lost me like at butt. the end. But then but <laughs> but then, but then the earring thing with Joel Egerton. Oh, fuck that. I hated that. <laughs> I thought that was rad. I thought that that called back to, they like... They
0: laid on so thick, we get a full-on shot of his earring before they go down there. Yeah. Like yeah, it's yeah. like movie we know. You set this up with the filling. Also, we can see also, that he is an earring.
1: Also ripped off by Ridley Scott in Alien Covenant. So I haven't uh, seen Alien <laughs> I Covenant think, either, but I, I think there's something here. Um But I, I thought that was that was kinda cool. And it was very like it was very fifties monster movie, you know, like sure. final, final twist, like very throwbacky. And then immediately after that we get the credits that start rolling.
0: Oh, and it's then we very seen... abrupt. And then it, it's... The connective tissue is intercut with the credits. I thought that was so cool. I really liked that vibe. I thought, I thought was that dope. was...
1: <laughs> I thought that was really... Okay, Corey, thanks. Sorry. <laughs> I thought
0: that was... Uh... You're I right. Was... That was a mean thing for me to just say right away. I need to let you talk.
1: <laughs> I thought it was kind of unsettling, and I thought it was a nice way to tie in to the um 1982 movie that it was kind of doing it over the credits um and it it just kind of gave me a a a funny little feeling underneath my skin and i thought i thought that was really cool i couldn't remember the last time a movie had had tied in a scene over the credits like that and also the scene that everyone has kind of been waiting for um i thought thought that was fun and so i left the movie on uh on a high and uh I was I was I was quite okay with it
0: yeah first of all yes again sorry for cutting you off that was mean and that's okay but um I guess for me I just I thought it was bizarre that a movie that is so upfront about relying on the original so hard opted to not make a show of it I thought that was really weird um I think I was just prepared for the movie to make a bigger deal out of that I don't really know how I feel about the fact that it doesn't I think it's fine It's perfectly whatever. Um, the thing that I want to talk about before we sort of wrap up here, because it's something that I think is important and might speak to why this movie doesn't have the same pervading sense of claustrophobia and paranoia that the original does. And I think it's strictly like a stylistic thing. Uh, I think there's two things that are really lacking in this movie. The first is John Carpenter's score which is very, very, very good. And obviously this movie has a bit of the theme song, Mm -hmm. but I think something about the fact that the score is, uh, so the theme song is synthetic and parts of the remainder of the score are synthetic, but also the music is by Ennio Morricone, who is like a God (laughs) of good soundtracks. And I think the music in the 2011 version is like completely forgettable but i think the music in the 1982 film helps develop that atmosphere that's not as prevalent here um i think the other thing that uh really mattered for me is a uh, so this movie has a couple things in common with the 1982 film in terms of like how they're shot and presented obviously in terms of production design like this base looks and feels a lot like the base in the original to the point where they're like almost identical in sort of look and feel which i'm sure is by design um and there are some sort of stylistic consistencies um one thing in the john carpenter movie is that there's a lot of lens flare off of lights um and i think that has something to do with the lenses that the movie shot with i don't i'm not enough of like a technical expert to really get into that but i think so there's a bit of that but something that exists in spades in the John Carpenter film that this movie doesn't have any of his color. Outside, there is a lot of color. And also, the away from the camp, especially at the night, is very dark. Like, you basically can't see it. But instead of just being sort of like a muted, grayish night, which I feel like this movie has a lot of, there's a lot of blue and purple and sort of red flare light mixing in that gives... The outside a weird unfamiliarity um and an ominous sort of feeling um and a constricting kind of feeling that makes the camp feel more isolated because obviously in daylight you can just look and see how isolated it is but you can't see the distance and it's got this weird not totally natural color to it and that's paired up with again a Partially synthetic score. I believe it's partially synthetic. I don't think it's entirely synthetic, but um, that adds to that sort of tension. But even inside there is hints of blue coming through windows and through doors that really make the outside feel foreign and foreboding and alien. So that's part of it for sure. And I also feel like there's something about the way the interiors are shot in the original that are just tighter and closer together that add to that claustrophobia, even if color and music can't do that. Like even group shots feel very tightly put together and you always have that ominous blue kind of streaming in. And I think that's what this movie doesn't have that might have given it a bit of an edge is just something stylistic that's unique happening. Um to both differentiate the inside from the outside a bit and also just give something more for an audience member to latch onto to build that atmosphere because everything does feel very plain.
1: Yeah, it is funny that this movie was made by the people who made it because uh I can totally see studios wanting to give the thing another try. Um and nowadays, uh, in the age of Twitter and big news headlines and big names being attached to big projects, I can imagine if they had announced a thing, movie made by like Rob Zombie or something, people would be like excited at least by the prospect prospect of what that could mean. Whereas this movie was made by a dude who I don't think has done a movie since. And his previous and-
0: directorial effort was in
1: 1996. Right, so that that's the sort of thing that just makes me wonder like how movie studios work, you know, um, and I, I just, I would find it hard to believe that this dude just like gave the wicked pitch of this is how we need to well,
0: do a prequel to 2011, the thing, you know? He was going to direct the sequel to Dawn of the Dead from 2004, and mm-hmm. then that got canceled, and according to Wikipedia, um he sort of went around and was like, well, is there any like thing projects kicking around because uh I would love to hop onto something like that and the producers are the same for both projects. So he probably <laughs> got onto the thing project because they felt bad about Army of the dead falling through.
1: <laughs> Man, M- movie studios are so weird. the process of making movies is so weird that like all it takes is like a couple guys and like one person to just like, be in with the right people and ask a couple of questions. And then there's like a movie in a Canon that is watched by millions and might be like the only movie of that kind. You know what I mean? Like yeah. as much as I say, we're Why not this gonna, guy that, like, right. Like I, I think, I think the thing is a really cool sandbox to play in, but I know it's not Michael Myers and it's not, it's not going to be. And I don't know if we're going to get any more thing movies in my lifetime. Uh, You know, maybe,
0: maybe one, but Apparently they happen not- roughly any thir- every 30 years, so let's check back in in the 40s and see how we're doing.
1: <laughs> right, and so it just <laughs> makes me think like, yeah, why this guy, you know, if, he, if we're only going to have like four of these, uh, we're only going to have like one more in John Carpenter's lifetime at least. Like he was only going to get one more and we got it. And so it was it was this, like that, that kind of... Uh, it's
0: because he was so good at directing quote unquote promo trailers for Bud Light I don't want to disparage this guy, but I definitely find it weird. It is weird, and his debut directorial short film came out in 1996. The next thing he directed was The Thing.
1: Yeah, dude, it's crazy. I would, I would love to hear. I would love to like listen to him on a podcast or something because I like this movie. Our podcast, (laughs) dude. Let's give it a shot. Um, I, I like this movie just fine, and when I watch it, I'm not thinking about like what could have been and and what ought to be and stuff all, all i was thinking about is if i was having fun in that hour and a half and i did but but when i start thinking about it i i do wonder like we could have lived in so many different timelines why is this the timeline we live in you know also it was written by dude who wrote the nightmare on Elm street remake oh no is, way uh, just kind of funny yeah uh, uh. he went on to do Arrival. it's uh oh really funny. wow Funny the way things work out, you know? Yeah. Funny the way it is.
0: Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I think if I had it my way, we wouldn't have gotten another Thing movie. I appreciate what you're saying about how good the, uh, the premise is that it ought to get more, like, chances and more people trying different things with it. I just think that if this is the product that we end up getting, I, if it, uh, I could take it or leave it, but I'd probably leave it like, you know, I think we were perfectly fine with the movie that we had. And I think that the changes that we got here aren't necessarily for the better most of the time. Yeah, all in all, I had a good time with this movie. Um,
1: You know, I might have had a better time with a different movie, but I also (laughs) might have had a worse time with uh, with other movies. So that's the gamble we take. It was a nice hour and a half. Uh, I like snow, I like I like monsters sometimes, and uh, I like when people talk to each other, and there's there's a bit of that in this movie. Um, yeah.
0: And I like dogs, too. I like the dog thing. The dog's alright, we don't get much of it. I like the shot where they're like sitting on top of the ice block and they're driving in and he's just hanging out with his dog. Yeah, yeah that um, was so cute. You know what, more movies should have this concept. You know what movie would be made better by a shape-shifting alien? Leave it to Beaver. 12 Angry Men.
1: (laughs) Oh, oh, directed by Rob Zombie. Dude, (laughs) we need to take that to the movie studio. Oh, my gosh. Hey, did can somebody say pitch meeting? (laughs) Yeah, dude, if the timeline can happen where this dude gets to make the thing movie and like some 20 year old gets to make Friday the 13th part eight or whatever it was i honestly feel like we might be able to we get 12 angry men, with an 12 alien angry men. Made. all right ed- edit this part out so that no one's this one's it. ours <laughs> okay um, yeah i i like this movie uh just fine and i would say um check it uh yeah, well i mean I, f- I feel like people would know if they want to check it out if or what not we've already. said
0: if what liam has said is interesting to you check it out If you're agreeing more with me, don't. That's a good litmus test, I think, because you at least had an all right time with it. So Yeah, Yeah, that's fair. Take the BuzzFeed quiz, which They Made Another One host are you, and if you get me, don't watch it, and if you get Liam, watch it. (laughs) And with that, we would like to thank you once again for listening to an episode of They Made Another One. You can find us all over the internet on Twitter at They Made Another, which is all one word, on anchor spotify apple and google podcasts stitcher and basically every other podcast service on the planet as they made another one you can reach us via email at tmao at gmail.com with recommendations for future episodes questions comments and your pitch for what small ensemble movie should have the thing in it liam where can people find you You guys can find my film writing alter ego, Graham the Haunted
1: Marshmallow, on Twitter and Letterboxd. My username is Graham the Mallow,
0: And I am on Twitter at Mr. Corey Price. Um, This is the part of the episode where I would plug what we're watching next week, but uh, we don't know yet. So you can keep an eye on our Twitter or my Twitter, uh, wherever you want to check stuff out. And we will make sure that we announce what we're going to watch so people can be up to date. And we've got the next couple weeks planned out. We've got some really good stuff going into the Christmas season that we're excited about, so make sure you keep up. And uh, with that, we'll catch you here next time for more. They made another one?